Hey, y'all. This whole thing started as a group of friends playing Dungeons & Dragons, saying, hey, let's record. Maybe other people will enjoy sitting at the table with us. The fact that you're here listening to us play D&D will never fail to be wild to me. If you like what you hear and you want to peek behind the door, I invite you to join our Patreon. By contributing to the Patreon, you can gain access to exclusive, handcrafted content, while also helping us pay for things like podcast hosting and logo designs. It's tough out here. On top of that, each subsequent tier allows access to the previous tier's rewards. The $2 tier grants you the title of Honorary Son, while giving you access to the patron-only Discord channel and a bonus entry into our giveaways. The $5 tier knights you as a hero of the Ten Towns, giving you early access to our episodes and access to our patron-exclusive one-shots. The $10 tier elects you to Ted Johnson's cabinet, which opens the cover to Fang's detailed note-taking journal and lets you know of future Suns projects currently in the works. Thanks for everything you do, Patreon aside. Without you, we wouldn't be here. The link to the Patreon is in the link tree in our Twitter bio. We hope to see you out there. Thanks for listening, and stay frosty. Look at it all. You can see the stars and planets out there as clear as glass. It's kind of romantic, huh? Don't look at me like that, jerk. I'm just saying. After so much fighting, isn't this what we wanted? This peaceful life where we can take care of a piece of land and rule its people? Who cares how small the area is? (laughs) Come on. We're surrounded by mountains, a few rivers, and a lake. I like it here. Trust me. I think we should... (laughs) Hey! Don't ruin this moment with a kiss. I'm serious. (laughs) Fine. The moment is ruined, and it's all your fault. (laughs) Go to bed. I'll see you tomorrow. I, I... I know you do. Good night, Rakan. Hello, and welcome back to Severed Sons Presents Rolling in the Nether Deep. This is a special Lapis one-shot. <laughs> as, I'm back, baby. And, <laughs> uh, go, and across from the virtual table, I we have tonight... Hi, everyone. It's Jaden. Long time no see. I, I have been gone on vacation. And then I think I was sick uh, prior to that. <laughs> 
<laughs> and computer problems that one day. Yeah, I had computer like, problems. Yeah, yeah it, it's been a mess. It's fun. <laughs> I'm here. But you're back. <laughs> and I am playing Lapis Prismawing, your local reborn wizard of smuts. <laughs> Welcome back. And hopefully next, uh, this upcoming Wednesday, we'll have all four people back. And I am so excited. I am too. To get into it, I'm really, really ready to have all four people in the same room, same virtual room. Uh, but anyway, I miss everyone. <laughs> do we have a uh, question? Oh, oh yeah, we should do a question. So, question of the day is: Who is someone you looked up to? Maybe an authority figure of some sort. <laughs> There's no authority figure. Uh, but Lapis did look up to, uh, Priestess when she was younger, uh, <clears throat> a kind of a healer who she really kind of tried to become more like, but, uh, things didn't quite work out with that. No, not very well. <laughs> a little bit of a lore drop there. We'll find out what happens with that later, perhaps in the future. Yeah, future. Uh, so, are you ready to begin today's uh, one-shot? Yes. Let's jump right in. So, Lapis, you're at the back of the classroom. Uh, Orgoth and North are talking to uh, the teacher, who's at the front, the, the TA, Um and Orgoth has got his eyes closed, pretending to be asleep. And you've got ashes on the table, on the desk in front of you. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you feel a little bit of a, your hair on the back of your neck kind of stand on end. <clears throat> okay. And you you feel a little bit of a tingle. It's so tiny. It's so slight. Just barely there. But it is recognizable as the tingle. Shit. Uh I'm I'm kinda of, I'm kinda of questioning what because we're at Ankarova. How how the fuck is there a yeah. tingle here? Um <laughs> uh shit. Alright, um noticing that North is busy and I think Orgoth's asleep, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna carefully grab ashes, like pick them up mm -hmm. and like carry them like a baby. And like, just yeah. head out the head out. Like, I don't know if does this place have like two doors to go into? Yeah, it's like there's like double. You know, it's a, it's a big kind of auditorium style classroom, mm. and so there's a door to the left and to the right in the back, <clears throat> so you can just easily sneak up the other, sneak off the other side. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. Okay, and you head out. They don't seem to have noticed you. Okay, all right, and uh. I'm sure, like, this is, like, <laughs> an easy way to get out of this fucking, uh, this college campus area. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to look yeah. for where the, the, the tingle is. Okay. You head outside. You feel it kind of coming, like, it's towards the edges of the city. And it's, but it's, right now, it's really hard to get a good detailed like location on it i'd like you to make a um arcana check yeah make an arcana check that is a 17 okay yeah it appears to be coming due south of the city 
just, and it's really up in the air, like not straight up, more like kind of out at an angle, but it's up possibly several hundred feet. Are there, there's, I well, there's probably carriages, but I don't think there's any flying carriages. There's not, no. But there are airships, right? Like, I'm, there are airships, yes. Okay. I'm going to try and flag down a, uh, I'm going to try and flag down a, uh, a, a carriage mm-hmm. and get, like, I'm sure they know where they're going and just tell them that I want to go sightsee up in the air. Um, oh, you want to, you want to go sightseeing up in the air? Um, the, uh, the, the, the local tourists, um, for the airship, they happen at night. There's none during the day and it's much too hot. Uh, they can't get enough customers. Uh, you'd have to wait until, till tonight. Wait, so you could only see, but what if I want to see the city when it's bright and nice and clear as day rather than it being dark and you could barely see shit? Uh, the city's all lit up at night. It's really pretty. I, I promise you. Uh, make it a uh, persuasion check. Um, not that you have to persuade persuade him anything, but he's like, um, I think that you might be able to talk to somebody that uh, at the at uh, at the airport. The airport at the uh, the sky. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, it's called. Let me find it. I had to use my inspiration because I rolled a three the first time. Okay. My Persuasion is going to be a dirty 20. Dirty 20, nice. And hey, um, I used my inspiration. <laughs> you did, didn't you? The Union Shipyard um, is where they build the ships. It's in the Sand Herald District, actually north of the palace. Um, the Indala Skyport is... is uh, the, the people at the, the Skyport, um, they might be able to help you, but... Um, Normally, they make their money by getting a lot of people on one boat at one at one time. It may take, you know, a lot of lot of money to get just one single ship up in the air. Well, all right, <laughs> I can't. Uh, I can do that. I can do that. Okay, I'll take you to the skyport then. Oh, thank you. I'll hop on um, in. Okay. Um, How much does carriage ride be? Two silver coals. Two silver pieces. Let me go into my inventory and actually take that out. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> Keeps I do. Money. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the Sigil District, and it's fairly close. The Sand Herald District is just north of the palace. And you get there in about 30 minutes, 30, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. There are several towers, and you see like there's like long arms coming out from the t- towers where some of the ships the, the sky ships are docked into like supporting the weight but normally these uh, a ship if it just like was not supporting itself somehow magically mm-hmm. would just collapse the mooring so it's definitely being kind of held in, held in the air by something but um, and there's several of these the main terminal is a um, like a large domed building in the center of these four or five towers. And you go inside and on the ceiling, there is this stained glass ceiling, which is a mosaic of the surface of the planet of Exandria. Ooh. And you look up and you see like dots. Dots? And dots, like glowing dots flying, like moving from across the ocean 
um, there are like there's a little mini map of Ankarel in the corner of it, <laughs> and you can kind of see a couple of ships flying slowly in around the uh, the skyport. But off there's one dot that seems to be circling around the border of the city. Maybe a good several hundred several hundred feet beyond the edge. You can't tell how high how high it is from just the dot. But there seems to be one just slowly circling the outskirts of the city. Okay. Well, um I'm going to look for a whoever looks like they're work who the whoever looks like they work here. Okay. Uh there's currently there's only one person at the ticket counter, and there is a janitor who's currently sweeping up. Um, uh, there's a few people coming in, like who are like actually coming off of a, a skyship that just docked, and kind of a family coming off, but uh, um, out out from one of the towers. But other than that, it's kind of deserted in here right now. Okay, um, I'm going to head over to. Uh, the guy at the ticket counter. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to say, Hey, um, what's up with that map that has all the little, the little doohickeys all over the place. Oh, oh, that, uh, that is location of every single skyship in the world. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Um, I thought like you guys didn't do any sort of, um, do you guys do any sort of, uh, like sightseeing? Oh, we do at night. We have, uh, when the sun goes down, 30 minutes after the sun goes down, we have sightseeing, uh, tours. Uh, it's about a, a two, two gold person. Pretty, pretty reasonable. Oh. Uh, would you be interested in booking? I would be interested, but way earlier, like now earlier. Are you planning a party? No, it's just me. It is quite unusual. Um, and I kind of want to see around the city borders. He's thinking for a moment. I really, this is quite unusual. Um, is it? Do you have a reason for, I mean, it, it seems like you are being, for what reason? Are you just wanting to sightsee? You're wanting to see the city? Well, I kind of like the desert, but I don't want to actually go out into it. So you want the comfort of a skyship? Yes. Is that weird? Um, some people, normally, some people like the, uh, the sea. The sun is quite bright and hot. Um, if oh, you, the temperature can like get, <laughs> uh, make a persuasion roll. He, uh, he's like confused. <laughs> and this is like subject, it's like the subject has never come up before. So he's just very confused. Um, uh, that's a 19. 19. Oh, wait, no, persuasion. Sorry, I was looking Pers- at perception. Yeah. Uh, that's a 21. 21. Um, he says, now, we do have a few smaller, um, smaller boats that are used to, um, for rescue craft. Um, and they don't quite take as much broomstone to run. I could do that. However, yeah. um, I would need to get you. It, uh, these smaller <laughs> ships would take, um, yeah. Of course, uh, we couldn't just let you take a craft. We'd have to send a, a captain 
and a small crew <sighs> with you. I mean, can't we just take the captain? Do we need the crew? Is the crew necessary? The crew is necessary, yes. It's not it, these are small craft that they hold about ten people and they have to uh even 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 though there is no water, they still require furling the sails and capturing the wind to move. The broomstone <sighs> nearly holds it aloft. Alright. If if that's what it takes, I, I just I wanna look out into specific parts of the city. Okay, okay. Um, uh, give me one moment. I, this is quite an unusual, and I'm not exactly sure how much to charge you for this. Oh, oh um, all right. Do you have an amount that you're willing to part with? This is your job. It's technically, he like holds a piece of paper and like all affairs are listed right there. It's like, normally I don't have to think about things like this. I will be right back. Well, of course, take your time. And he goes, and about ten minutes later, comes back, and there is a a large human man, red hair, red beard. Oh, so what's this about one to take a daytime cruise? Name's Gunnery, Bandland Gunnery. Well, now, nice to see you. Um, yeah, just you. You can call me Captain. Captain. Uh, nor nor. Thank you. Normally. I take one of the bigger sky ships out on the pleasure cruises at night, but you're wanting to take one out during the day. Perhaps I can take you on one of these small skiffs. I can give you a little tour of the city. Uh, it'd be no more than a hundred gold. Well, I mostly just want to find a specific area of the city and just look out over it. Mostly the desert, if that's okay. The desert? So you wanted to look out outside of the city? Yes, just outside of it. The jewel of the desert is beautiful during the day or at night. It has been quite a long time since I've been up during the day. And you see him, he's kind of like got this cloak on, and he kind of takes it off. And he's just got like this really tight t-shirt material kind of like real shows off his muscles and uh can we be up on skyport uh sky, uh deck one actually tower one in about 15 minutes time i'll have the ship all ready for you and we can go on our go on our way mm, and you said a hundred gold hundred gold yes um as long as it comes with everything that i need which is well, what what were you needing? Not much. I just need to I just need to make sure that you actually follow where I want to go. As long as it's somewhere that doesn't interfere with the affairs of those in the city or the flight paths of any uh, any other ships who are coming into dock. Well, you see this uh little ship over here on that on that uh map that she's going to like kind of point over to where like the tiny little ship is. Oh, that's interesting. Um, she just came in the middle of the night last night. Yeah, like I want to see what what she's seeing. Oh. I, I I saw the city at night, and it was beautiful. I went there on a date with my boyfriend. Oh, so you've been up before at night, but not during the day. And I saw the city, but I didn't see outside of it. And yeah, it's just desert, but 
a desert can be beautiful. That's true. It is. It is quite beautiful. The windstorms from uh, up in the air, the windstorms, the sandstorms blowing across the desert, are magnificent to behold. I wouldn't want to be caught in one. Very beautiful to see. Maybe we'll see one today. Let's hope. Give me one moment. I will gather my crew, and I'll meet you up on Tower One. All right. And she's gonna. She does. She's just gonna put the gold down in front of the, like the ticket counter place because she doesn't know where it's supposed to fucking go. Yeah, yeah. He like he actually writes out a receipt for you, mm. and there's a little like you have to sign something for it. It's a little like disclaimer that uh, anything that happens is not the fault of the Skyport. Mm. And it's like an ink and quill, right? Yeah. She's gonna grab Ashes's paw, dip his paw the little pads on his on the ink and then just smush it down <laughs> <laughs> interesting signature there one of a kind <laughs> the man goes up you hear him kind of shouting for people like uh like and you hear the the, the, the sailors are complaining like it's it's daytime this is when i'm sleeping normally uh, captain like get to it we've been paid like fine 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 the uh ticket counter uh guy it's like, uh, is there anything else I can do for you, uh, ma'am? Oh, uh, no, just that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, right this way. And she take, he takes you to a, uh, turnstile and removes, um, um, a rope and lets you through. Ooh. And I make my way through. <laughs> Tower one, you see like various, um, like chairs and waiting plate, like tables for people to wait. This is obviously, made for like much much busier time but you get to the tower and you just like see a, a tight spiral staircase going up mm-hmm. and you see uh next to the tower you see a uh, pulley system and where like they unload and load luggage and uh, supplies and there's like large crates everywhere and like some of them are marked from other countries um, there is a crate. Make a perception check. Okay. Yeah, that's only going to be a twelve, chief. Twelve. Uh, you see a um, you see a symbol of, and I don't think with that I don't think you recognize it unless you want to make a history check. But you see like a bird in flight, perhaps an owl, that's flying above a crown <laughs> with a laurel behind it. Bird with a crown. Ooh. Uh, but one of the crates has that symbol on the side of it. That's a nice, that's a nice looking one. I actually like it. So what do you do? You head on st- upstairs or do you do anything before you go up, go up to the tower, top of the tower? Um, no, I'm just going to go up to the tower because, uh, as interesting as that band, uh, that, uh, symbol looks, it has nothing to do with her. Right. So she's just going to move forward. Okay. Um, upstairs. Uh, there is a small ship. Uh, it really, like, it, it's like a, like a large boat. There's no, like, passenger, like, housing or anything like that. No cabins. It's just like a boat with a couple of, like, a sail with a side sail attached to it. Ropes kind of going everywhere. And there are wings, like, small wings off to the side and ropes attached to those. And then there's a, at the back of the boat is a, um, steering wheel. Mm-hmm. Captain Gunnery is there and you see five 
sailors and they're like getting the ropes all ready. And uh, you see one of the um, sailors actually actually at the front and he's holding up um, a ribbon and watching the the wind kind of blow it around your outdoors now, like uh, when you came up onto the top of the tower and the sun is just bright and it's hot up here, but you can't tell nope. you're dead. <laughs> And Man, it feels nice out here. <laughs> uh, all the soldiers, all, all the sailors, there's like um, four, three humans, um, one half-elf, um, a female half-elf, and an, um, a dwarf. And they're all like just wearing less, like very little clothing. It's just hot. They're all sweating, miserable. <laughs> um, the captain uh, is like, so, um, Miss, uh, what did you say your name was? Oh, I never said my name. Oh, what is your name? Oh, you can just call me Lapis. Nice to meet you, Lapis. We shall be, as soon as we do our final checks, we will be departing. Uh, what is our destination? Do you want to check out where the ship is currently? Yes, the other I ship? do. Yes, I want to see what they're seeing. Okay. He pulls out a, um, a telescope, little, um, and holds it like pulls it out and holds it to his eye and looks at the horizon and he's kind of like fine after a second he finds it and he like okay so we'll be heading a uh, southwest it looks like they're about about 500 yards outside the city and about an altitude of 700 feet hmm is it normal for uh, them to be out the city like that? Just uh, normal. Normally, a, a, a skyship comes in and docks immediately, but they are uh, they came, they arrived last night and they have not they have not docked yet. They're just circling the city. Uh, they must have gotten special permission to be able to do that. Oh, so they got special permission. I guess so. Um, normally. A, a ship just circling the city is could present quite a danger if we didn't know who they were. Hmm. Interesting. I just wanted to know. I just wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> the ship finishes um, the checks and they pull. They have the ropes going, and you see um, one of the sailors uh, strike the mooring and like, starting to like throw the ropes onto the dock. And suddenly the ship kind of lurches for a second and then floats up into the air. It's quite silent. Um, it's like there's no engine. It just seems to be kind of like there's maybe a slight hum. Mm -hmm. I'd like you to make an arcana check. Okay. That is a 26. Nice. Um, this is definitely some transmutation magic happening. Okay. It's like something that's like propulsed, uh, giving something, uh, adding propulsion to something mm. and holding it aloft. Um, the boat kind of flies up a good hundred feet uh, above the tallest tower of Palace and starts heading southwest. And the, uh, the sailors stay busy. Um, the wind kind of picks up and they like have to move. Uh, they're tacking against the wind to get to the, the southwest part of the city. Mm -hmm. And so, what do you think of the view so far? Captain Gunnery says. It looks really nice from up here. Everyone looks so small. 
you can see the light gleaming off the towers, the blue towers of the Cerulean Palace. You can almost see the um, campus of um, the university from up here um, kind of laid out. And you start heading over the Suncut Bazaar to the northwest and the circlet walk to the southeast. And you're heading kind of like along one of the major thoroughfares to the south that lead out the south southwest gate. And as you get closer, you can kind of see up in the air this white, quite large uh, airship, skyship. Mm-hmm. It's got those glorious wings off to the side. Uh, and it seems to be just kind of drifting lazily through the air. It's up in the air quite a ways, about where you are, like about 400 more feet vertically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is a good, like, probably half a mile outside the city. And the tingle is definitely coming from there. Huh. The, the boat, the skyship, uh, the skiff, for a better, uh, lack of a better word, mm-hmm. the skiff kind of uh, scoots through the air. A breeze kind of picks up and kind of pushes you faster, and you get to the edge of the city. He goes up another 50 feet or so, and uh, Lapis, Miss Lapis, I think we're about even with that vessel. And he pulls out the um, binoculars, the um, telescope, pulls it to his eye again. Hmm. Looks like it's from the Empire. Empire? Yeah, the the Dwindolian Empire. Hmm. I, I see a I see some a flag flying. May I see? Uh, sure. Uh, he, and he hands you the telescope. And I look through it, and I look at the at the ship, and I'm going to see if I could see any sort of person there, like movement wise. Like, are there is there a crew? This is a full size ship. Um, there are maybe like four or five like levels d- decks mm-hmm. underneath the top deck. Uh, you see a crew on the deck moving about. They are flying a flag that is the same flag with, uh, that you saw on one of the crates. Hmm. With the owl and the the crown. Okay. Uh, on the side of the ship, uh, you see the it's mostly white like a kind of gleaming like white in the sun, the bright sun. But the um, sails are like a deep, deep, like blue, almost black. And you kind of see like something glittering kind of in it. And the name of the ship that you see painted on the back is the Star Crossing. Mm. I need to get into that ship. The captain's like, um, you look and see, you see just basically the crew, mm-hmm. and um, you don't see anybody in charge. You maybe see like um, like a one of the crew who seems to be ordering people about, but he doesn't look like he's like anybody fancy. Anybody who's like the captain. You don't see a captain mm-hmm. in the ship. Uh, but they're just doing like slowly moving, moving away. Um, uh, Miss Lapis, do you want me to keep a uh, parallel along the borders of the city with the ship? Yeah, uh, it would be nice to get close that I can talk to them. Do you know anybody on that ship? Maybe. 
I can't really tell if there's any, like, I can't really see faces from here. I'm really not supposed to have the skiff outside the borders of the city. Like, uh, it's really, really against protocol. This is as far out as I, I'm supposed to take you. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not having you do anything illegal. <laughs> he nods. Well, you've got us for the next hour. Um, feel free if you have any questions about anything you see, feel free to ask. Um, the crew will keep busy and keep us afloat. Well, all right then. She's gonna stare. Do you mind if I, uh, hold on to this while for the of hour? Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> you, you, you paid the big bucks. Fuck yeah, I did. And <laughs> she's gonna keep looking out towards, uh, the ship. And she's gonna see if she can at all feel as though her, she's being, like, her body part is being used in any way. Uh, I'd like you to make an arcana check. And even see, like, if she can, uh, feel which part of her is in there. Okay. That's a 16. You're not sure which part it is, but it's definitely moving around the ship. Hmm. She is going to attempt to move, like, step several paces back from where she is. Okay. And she's going to pretend as though she's trying to look at it at a different angle. <clears throat> okay. Because she wants to know if she can feel anything like from that. As you're looking through the telescope, through the looking glass, you see a... It's hard, really hard to tell from this angle, because really, even with the looking glass, you're not able to, like, see details. You can kind of just see... You can see, like, the entirety of the ship and, like, small figures walking on it. But you see what appears to be a woman come out, possibly kind of gray hair piled up a little bit. Can't tell what they're wearing. A robe, perhaps. The captain? Reddish color. But they appear to be walking with a bit of a limp. Do I feel anything from that? Make another arcana check. That's an 18. An 18. The tingle got stronger when this person came out onto the ship, onto the deck. This bitch has it. And then as you watch, you see them go back below deck. And the tingle kind of res- the tingle kind of goes away a little bit. Still there, just niggling at you. Mm. Okay, so I am going to. I'm going to. Uh... I think I found someone that I know in there. Oh, uh, are you from? Are you from the Empire? I visited. I'm not. I'm not from there. I've just. I've lived close by enough that I heard about them, but I've never actually interacted with them that much until recently. I visited uh, Zadash. Uh, oh. Yeah, it was just like a couple of weeks ago. Well, it's strange. Um, until recently. Uh, the Empire has not really had any dealings with uh, skyships. In fact, the um, uh, the uh, King Dwindle has been adamant about having a, an air navy. But during the the recent war, um, the gnomes of Hupperduck have started creating 
ships for the Empire, and this must be one of them. Oh, that's interesting. The ship is like in the time probably about fifteen twenty minutes has gone by, and it's currently like heading kind of a northerly route north on the western edge of the uh, the city, and you can kind of see the mountain. Mm-hmm. There's a plateau, the ridge, uh, there's an area called the ridge in the northwest corner. Um, that is, there's a large forge and there's mining and it's more of an industrial part of the city. And, uh, there's like some shops here and stuff, but it's mostly just industrial business types. Um, uh, there is, and that's, it's, Above the rest of the city, it's like somebody took a mountain and then carved it flat across it and then built buildings on top of it. And to the northwest, uh, the rest of the mountain kind of towers, kind of cradling it whenever the sun sets in the west. It kind of like shades it, that area, pretty pretty nicely. Mm. But it's, it's starting the, – the airship is starting to head that direction toward the ridge. Sir? Is there anything over there? Like, why would anyone dock over there if they're docking? Um, well, I believe, I mean, they've been flying around. If they're going to speed, he actually does some, the captain does some math. Mm-hmm. They must have made about at the speed they're going. They must have been circling the city at least 20 times since they arrived last night. Um, and no one finds that suspicious? Again, if they, if they were not supposed to be here, I would have known about it. I must have had permission from somebody in the palace. Suppose. Is there anything you want to keep keep on our current course? Well, we so can't looking get at the desert. Cl- well, the desert's beautiful. We can't get any closer, so I can't say hi to the person in there. <sighs> she kind of sucks. I kind of wanted to see her again. Hmm. She kind of owes me a little bit of money, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> So this is what that's all about. You, somebody owes you money. No, it wasn't, but <laughs> it's kind of a bonus. <laughs> I mean, she does kind of technically kind of owe me like an arm and a leg. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. I might be able to, um, if you let me know where I can send a message to you, if they happen to dock, I can let you know. Would you do that? Yes. Um, hey, you you have given – we've – usually during the day, there's lots of, like, hard work cleaning the ships, making sure everything's in working order. We've had a nice, lovely cruise, and you look over at the crew who's just, like, sweating their asses off, and, like, <laughs> the the, uh, the half-elf woman is just, like like, basically, she's taking her shirt off. And she just doesn't care. And she's just like, everybody's just like dying in the heat. And they look over at the captain and it's like, you're getting paid quite well for this. So suck it up. And they grumble some more. <laughs> but you've, you've um, given me, kept us out of having to scrub, dish, uh, scrub the decks. I think I can probably give you a favor. Oh, I mean, it's. If you need a little bit more as well, I mean, I wouldn't mind. Like, the faster the better if you let me know if they dock. Of course, of course. Um, where can I find you? <sighs> um, you can find me over at the Cool Flame. 
Cool flame. Uh, Sigil District? Yes. You got it. And he kind of makes a mental note of that. You want to be out for the whole hour? Mm, you guys can, if you want to start heading back, you can. Now that I know that I have someone who will help me with this. He nods and says, he goes over to the helm and spins it. And everybody's like, yes! And starts flying back to uh, the skyport. Uh, you notice the ship that your your target kind of go above, like past the mountain. They kind of curve and start heading along the north side of the city. Hmm. <sighs> and the ship gets back, the skiff gets back to Tower 1 and docks. The crew like grabs the ropes. One person jumps off onto the boards and tosses the rope over, and they tie it off really quickly and put down the plank that kind of clicks into place, allowing an exit, a quick exit. Miss Lapis, thank you for a lovely trip. I hope you enjoyed yourself and learned something. Uh, I will let you know if that ship comes to dock. Well, thank you, Captain. And she does like a little, like two finger salute. <laughs> and then she grabs ashes and makes him do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. <laughs> also, she does tip her. She does tip the hat because she's still okay. she's still wearing a Wilvin's hat. Wilvin's hat. Yep. Okay. So you head downstairs, and you get to the main. Uh, chamber, and you look up and you see the map, and the mini-map of Ankarel, and you see the dot kind of going along the north side of the city. That is the representing the star the star crossing. Kind of wish I knew some people in high places. Would be nice. Literally. <laughs> and she's gonna uh, head on out of the of the area. Okay. As you're headed back, um, cutting some, skipping some time a little bit. But as you're, uh, do you take a carriage back or do you? Mm, I'll probably take a carriage back. Okay. Uh, you get to, uh, you're traveling to the northeast side of the palace. And. <sighs> All right. I have found a Ricola. Ricola. So hopefully this helps. <sighs> Yeah. Yay. Okay. <clears throat> so right. where are you headed? So I kind of want to get closer to... Yeah, I, I'm going to head over to... Uh, uh, I'm going to head over to the Sigil District. That's the place that has all the markets, right? Uh, their Suncut Bazaar is Suncut where... Suncut Bazaar, that's there. Yes. I'm going to yes. head over there. Okay. And I know about, you know, the boneyard and all that stuff, but I want to look around even more for different, uh, I want to, even though my heart belongs to Aunt Kimsey, uh -huh. I'm going to see if I can find any other sort of, uh, magic shops so I can sell the staff of the adder because I don't want her to have that. Mostly because I don't want her associated with, because she, she's been good to me. She's been very good to me. <sighs> if I could pawn this off and the person, cause 
apparently people know about this staff, at least uh at least those of the uh of the Cobalt Soul. Right. And they know that the guy who worshipped uh <laughs> it is very recognizable. Yes. Yeah, so I don't want her to have it. So I'm going to try and pawn it off at a different place. Are you going to the Bowden Garden or are you going to trying to find another magic shop? Another magic shop. I don't think the Bone Garden's going to appreciate this. Nope. Make an investigation check as you're looking around, asking around. Make it an advantage because Well my first roll was a Nat 20, so there you go. There you go. Okay. Um <laughs> Okay. Um down an alleyway. And this alleyway is almost you know how in the Suncut Bazaar, there's like all these colorful awnings that go over the street to kind of help like cut some of the sun, cut some of the heat off a little bit, make yeah. it cooler for people shopping. You find this alleyway and they were directed down and you see this little door kind of like you'd almost have to like as short as you are, have to kind of duck down to get through. Mm-hmm. And it's a sign above it that says the naughty ring. Okay. And do I feel magic coming out of that area? Yeah, you do. Okay. It seems to be a magic shop of some sort. Okay. So I will head on right in. There is a a gnome uh, behind the counter, and she is wearing these like black robes and she's got a patch over her eye the patch has like yellow and black stripes on it Mm -hmm. and she looks up kind of as the door opens and you hear kind of a magical like tones ringing through the air that seem to come out of nowhere and she's like oh oh come on in come on in how can i help you oh i just wanted to know if uh you Buy magical items. Buy, sell, trade. I do all of them. Ooh. Uh, there's not any items really out anywhere, but she does have books. Mm. Like, like big, big, thick books. Okay. Well, I just came across a piece of uh, magical staff, and I have no need to use it, and none of my compatriots really use magic. So, oh. might as well Looking, just pawn it off. Get rid of it. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm your no. Let's see. My name is Ophelia Stinger. Ophelia. Nice to meet you. Lapis is my name. Nice to meet you. Fellow mage? Yes. Very nice to meet you. <laughs> and she kind of like, oh, let me see this staff. Have you, uh, have you, have you identified it yet? Did she? Uh, you were told what it was by... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have not identified it or attuned to it or anything like that. No. Well, I can't attune to it. Right. Um. Yeah, it's a staff of the adder. Oh, oh. Um, She's going to reach into her bag and kind of lean in deep and then pick it, <laughs> pick it up. Interesting. And she goes through a book. Do not have any in stock. Very, very good. Um, and she goes and takes it and places it. Please place it on this table. 
and she holds her hands like kind of folded in like almost in prayer, like in front of her her lips. And she tucks and tucks and hmm, and she kind of wiggles her fingers over it. It is a staff of the adder. You were you were not lying. Uh, I can give you fifteen hundred gold for it. Mm. Can I? Can I? And can I see if that's a fair price? An uh, insight check. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Oof! That is not good. That's a fourteen. Um, you think it's she? You think she's being honest, and she also is playing the bartering game. Mm. I don't know. I think I could probably sell this for like eighteen hundred. Eighteen hundred, huh? Mm-hmm. Do you have any other buyers? I mean I could easily go over to the other magic shop. Um Kemsey knows me. And I've given oh, her Kemsey. Oh. oh that charlatan. Charlatan, really? She was a true mage. She she would be she would haul her ass out of that ramshackle bazaar where she is currently and move closer closer to downtown where the business really is but she just loves her chaos in that little tiny shop of hers i don't know i gave her something before i sold her something before and she tended to give me a good price for it make a persuasion check (laughs) that is a 17 she says tell you what um Sixteen fifty. Uh, well, it's not eighteen hundred like I can get, but I think that'll work out. It's not like I have anything to. It's not like I could even use this staff anyway. Would you like that all in coins, or would you like that in jewels? In coins, I don't normally do jewelry. <laughs> and she gives you, let's see, a platinum is ten gold. She gives you a hundred platinum. Actually gives you 150 platinum and the rest in gold pieces. Wait, 150, right? Yeah, 150. So that's uh, 1,500. 150 platinum and the rest, uh, 150 gold pieces. <sighs> and let me get rid of my stuff at the adder here. Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, I'm glad I could help you with, uh, with this. If there's anything that you're looking for in the future, perhaps. Uh, you give me enough notice, I can find it for you. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. And I will make sure that I stay away from Aunt Kenzie. Just, just watch out for her. She's, she's, a uh... Crafty? Crafty. <laughs> she lets on a lot more than she, she, she pretends to be, play the fool, but she is no fool. I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. She nods. And, uh, Lapis turns around and walks on out. All the gold in her little satchel. <laughs> so as you're headed out of um, the shop, about five minutes later, you see Io, Maggie, and Irvin. And they appear to be on a shopping trip, actually. Uh, Maggie is carrying all the bags. Some stuff. All the bags, <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's going to head over to them. Irvin, like his eyes kind of light up. I- Lapis, hi. Hey. Nice. What are you up to? I haven't seen you in a few days. It's been, how long has it been since the incident? 
it would probably have been like two days. Two days, yeah. He's like, oh, I was going to come come see you today, see if I could find you. How's it going? Oh, it's Io's like, fine. you see Io, and she like goes over to another shop, and she's like, Maggie, come here. Uh, let the lovers talk. Hi, Ayo. Like, Hi. And she kind of winks at you a little bit. She's like, I, hmm, a little jealous, maybe, perhaps. <laughs> uh, Lap- Lapis winks back, just like, hell yeah. <laughs> and then she gives a little wave over to, uh, to Maggie. <laughs> Maggie nods. Hello, hello. Hey, Maggie. Nice, nice to see you. Lapis. Nice to see you. Hope everything's well. Everything is is quite quite well indeed. She kind of says a little too forcefully and looks over at Irvin. Irvin's like, I told them. Oh. So they didn't mind that you got a blowy under the table? Io just like cracks up. <laughs> oh, not is that, that not what we're talking about? Oh shit. <laughs> that is not what we're talking about. We're talking about about Galsariad. Oh, him, yeah, yeah. And Maggie's like, the name of that traitor sticks in my crawl. It's going to be okay, Maggie. It's going to be fine. He maybe learned a lesson. Maybe. Did he look like he was dying? Actually, yes. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Yes. Hmm. I was like, Irvin brought up the fact that we should talk to him and allow him to tell us what's going on. I don't know if I can forgive him. You don't have to forgive him. Just listen to what exactly happened with him. I mean, I don't like him. I... If it if it wasn't for Wilvin and North, he would have been dead by my hands. If we have to meet him, can I punch him before we talk to him? Or do I have to wait until after? I would say wait until after, mostly because I don't think he's going to survive your punch. <laughs> I can break him in two easily, she says. Um, Irvin says that's probably won't be necessary because he probably is going to try to beg for our help. That too. <laughs> Irvin says, um, so I'm going to try to set up the meeting. Would you like to be there for it, Lapis? I think, I think I should. I really think I should. I'll leave you guys to your shopping spree. Uh, I, I'll catch up with you. And I, I'll kind of like nods, comes over and says, no more blowies under the table. No promises. Unless, Unless. I don't want to have to, to bail both of you out of jail. Don't worry. I haven't been caught yet. Was it the first time? Was it the last with Irvin? Irvin just kind of blushes a bit. <laughs> she's going to wait for them, too. Or she's going to watch them leave. Yeah, they leave, and Irvin hangs around. Have you been? I could be better. There's um, something that I'm looking for and currently waiting for word about it. Um, what's wrong? Oh, there's nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. Like I said, I'm just waiting for a word for 
someone to come around. Okay. Are you in trouble? Um, no. I can help? No, there's no trouble. You know, I want to help. I know you want to help. <laughs> you know, we are in a relationship. We can help one another. I know. But at the moment, it's not really something that you can help with, unless you can somehow fly hundreds of feet in the air. Uh, Maggie has thrown me a couple of times, but never, never, never that high. I figured, I figured. Sure, you're okay. You look a bit distracted. Like, Um, focus is more like it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like I said, I'm waiting for something to happen. And if he gets... If she comes down, then she comes down. If she doesn't, then I need to figure out a way to get up to her. But it's all a waiting game at this point. Okay. Uh, I'm going to set up the meeting for tonight. And if it doesn't all go to shit, you know, we're still standing after that. Um, Do you want to do something after? What did you have in mind? I hadn't thought that far in advance. Uh, (laughs) Um. We'll figure something out. Okay. He leans in. Gives gives her a nice romantic kiss. Where? (laughs) On the lips, on the mouth. (laughs) A real kiss. (laughs) Okay. And she uh, she gives him a a kiss back. And uh, she puts, like, a hand on his cheek. And kind of gives, like, a small little rub before she backs up. Away from him. All um, right. Meet, meet us at, um, we're going to have the meeting at our place, which is called, what is that called? <laughs> um, uh, the Harry Mongoose? The Harry Mongoose. It's at the Harry, uh, meet us at the Harry Mongoose. Um, they have a back room, and I'm going to spring for a deposit just in case Maggie breaks anything. Yeah, it, that's a good idea. Yeah. I right, just let me know. Um, when, though? Okay. See you tonight. When, when tonight? <laughs> After dinner? After, <laughs> he, sa- he says, um, let's do it right at sunset. All right. I'll see you there. Okay. My lapis. She uh, turns around and just, uh, and just walks off. Okay. Well, um, Irvin... Hurries to catch up with Maggie, and Maggie's already carrying like four more bags. Damn! <laughs> you know, it's like when you like go grocery shopping and you come, you have like eight grocery bags, and she's yeah. just like one hand yep. holding them all. <laughs> Where do you go from there? What do you do until? <sighs> I probably want to uh, just kind of wait around because there's nothing really she needs to do at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, she has money, but she doesn't know what to do with it, really. Right. She'll probably end up uh, using it for a magical item somewhere in the future. But at the moment, she's just going um, <coughs> she's to, she's just going to stroll around the city. She, she, feel, she figures that uh, North and Orgoth have uh, Pollux. <laughs> it's all under control. <laughs> Flash cut to them screaming for for a single frame. <laughs> <laughs> Make a perception check for me. Dirty, uh, not dirty twenty, nat twenty. Sorry, nat twenty. <laughs> nice. Okay, okay, okay. You're in um, 
one of the more residential areas. You're kind of cutting through unless you're just walking around. And you feel like you're being watched. And you turn around and you see this halfling just standing in the street looking at you. And he's got a quizzical look on his on his face. She's just going to kind of stare at him for a moment and just... She's, she's going to kind of raise an eyebrow, tilt her head a little bit, and then just put her hands up like, yes? What? Uh, nothing. Nothing. And, and you see him kind of hurry and just disappear into the crowd. It looked like he was going to follow you. Like he was like taking a couple of steps down the street where you were toward you. I'm going to fucking follow him. Fuck that shit. <laughs> okay. Make a, um, first make a perception check. Perception that is a 17. Okay. You think he went down into a crowded section of the street. Um, it looks like there's like a, an area of the city that's like laundry. So there's like all these like blankets and things hanging from ropes high up in the air and different levels and everything. And the wind is just whipping through and like waving. And there's a lot of people kind of going underneath. And you thought you saw him duck down one of the alleys down here, but you're not sure if that was him or not. He was definitely a short person. Well, I'm going to follow that short person. Okay. Make a survival check as you track him. Fourteen. Okay, you get to the mouth of the alley and there's nobody. There's nobody around at all? Nobody down the alleyway. People are still passing behind you. Just She's just going to kind of sigh and put uh, ashes down and just goes, um, just stay close to me, boy, and uh, let me know if you see anything. Before she uh, starts to head back out towards the uh, the group of people. Okay. Yeah, it just takes a few steps and you're back in the crowd. Um, Ashes, you want Ashes to kind of investigate or you want Ashes to just kind of stay close and be a second set of eyes for you? He's going to be a second set of eyes for me. Okay. For the rest of the afternoon, you just can't get over the sensation that you're being watched. And anytime I do, I fucking turn around. <laughs> Like, sometimes you see somebody kind of looking at you funny. It's, you don't see the halfling again. I, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to make my way over towards an area that I know has very little people. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to attempt to hide. Okay. Make a stealth check. Oh, that is an 18. Okay. That's really good. You see this teenage girl, half-elven, and she's walking down. She's barefoot, and she's walking down the alleyway. It's like you hide, and then maybe like three minutes later, and she's walking down. And she kind of looks, goes about halfway, goes past your hiding spot, kind of turns around, starts walking back into the crowd. Before... So this area doesn't have a lot of people because I specifically no. chose it. Yes, correct. Yes. Bef- like an alleyway. Yeah. yeah. Before she leaves, I want to cast blindness on her. Okay. And she needs to do a con save. Okay. She kind of blinks for a second. And suddenly she's like, 
I, what? And she's rubbing her eyes. And as I see that happening, I'm just going to step over behind her and kind of grab her neck, like the back of her neck, <laughs> lean in real close into her ear and just goes, so, where have you been following me? What are you talking about? Uh, did you do this to me? No, no. And she's still- I'm the one here asking the questions. Why are you following me? You seemed interesting. I, I, you've, you've got a scent about you. A scent? And what, you like that? Are you some sort of freak? No, no, no. Um, is it like once around she makes the save? Let's see. It just says, uh, uh, they're blinded for the duration at the end of each turn. Got it. Okay. But she has uh, her hand on the back of her head. And if she uh-huh. even begins to run, she is going to uh, cast Vampiric Touch on her. Okay. You made an interesting target. You just, you look like you've got money. That's all. Can I, I'd like, I want to do a uh, insight. I want to see if that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Insight. Check that. That is a 14. It's true that she's interested in you. But it seems to be more than that. Well, listen, child. I don't like to be followed. I don't like to be watched. Hell, I don't fucking like kids. So you best stop. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself on the ground by my hands. Listen, I, I, I'm sorry. I did not mean to sneak up on you. I just... Listen, I'm, I'm hungry. I, I need some food. I need some money to buy food. Mm. And there you go. Lying about something. I mean, yes, I'm interesting. But I highly doubt it's for the money reason. But fine. I'll choose to believe you. As long as you stop following me. And she's going to kind of shove her forward. Yeah, she stumbles. And she's just going to pass a single piece of gold. She's going to pick Thank up you, ashes and just goes, now go ahead, run off to whoever the fuck else you're in cahoots with, if you are. Thank you for sparing me. Thank you for sparing me. And she runs off. She kind of just like rolls her eyes and looks down at ashes and just goes, aw, I feel like I've gone too soft. I should have just killed her. And Ashes yips. Next time, darling, I'll kill them all. <laughs> and then she uh she heads back out towards where the crowd is. Okay. Do you want to skip to the meeting tonight? Yes. Is there anything else you wish to do? Not at the moment. You're coming up to the harried mongoose, and you see Irvin. He's like, sees you about a block away, and he's like, Lapis, I'll walk with you the rest of the way. We've got it set up. Oh, all right, all right. And you see um, Maggie and, um, let's see, it's Maggie, Io, and um, 
Dermot at the outside bar. And uh, Ayo's like, hey, girl, <laughs> um, laughing and says, uh, you just missed North and uh, about five minutes ago. You just missed North and Orgoth. Oh, well, at least they're uh, still alive. <laughs> uh, Dermot says, yeah, they were asking about, they were wanting me to help somebody who had their memories changed or something, something, something like that. Um, I told them just to send them on my way and I'd help them. Oh, all right. So are you leaving now or? Oh, uh, no, no. They're supposed to come here to me. So I, I wouldn't miss this. What's about to happen for the world. Well, all and right. also I have to, I have to protect my friends. So, and you <laughs> see him kind of like lift up his, um, what does Dermot fight with? He's, it's a Warhammer. Mm. Yeah, he has like a, a short Warhammer. And he kind of like just hefts it, kind of pounds it into his hand. He's like, if he tries something to any of you, I'm going to stick Maggie on him. Dermot says. Maggie's like, I accept. So you have the Warhammer to stick Maggie on him. Makes um, sense. <laughs> well, you know, I just, Maggie's, Maggie's been wanting to hit him in the face so and i'm trying to i'm trying to be peaceful i just i do not like what he did to you to to north to any of us to to io it's really making me angry i'm trying hard to control my anger well you know what they did what he did to io was really fucked up uh who who gives a shit about north north's a big baby they could take care of themselves uh, Irvin says, I've got the place all, I've got the windows locked and it's the back room. I've paid for a down payment so that if something, a fight breaks out and we have to break something, it's all paid for. So don't worry about that. And we just have a, a nice large table in there we can talk around. All Should right. we go? Yeah. Yeah. As, as long as everyone's here, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Io is like Io's a little nervous. She's like really not. She doesn't seem to be apprehensive about this, like seeing him again. Hey, I, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. And y'all go into this back room. Um, there were like two windows. The window that like they've been locked. You can see like just big locks on them, and a curtain. Uh, Irving goes and like pulls a curtain. In front of the windows, blocking a view out. Um, Irvin says, I told him to come about 30 minutes after nightfall. Prepare yourselves. And about 30 minutes later, everybody's like really nervous waiting. Wow, this is just, uh, well, just reading a book. <laughs> the door opens. I always like kind of looks to the door, to the door, and it's the uh, barkeep and says, uh, I believe your friend is here. Um, Try to keep it down. I understand if it goes bad. And Gal Sariad is standing behind him. And he's like, things are not going to go bad. And he looks like he hasn't slept. He comes in and he's just like, his skin is drawn. You kind of see red tendrils coming up his neck. And Io just kind of like looks at him. Getting what you deserve, huh? Damn, you kind of look like shit, dude. Sorry, he comes over to the table, sits, pulls out a chair, kind of collapses into it. 
Hey, buddy. You okay? You know I'm not. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I, I would have thought that something would have happened. Like, maybe found a cure or something. But all right. So, now that we're here, um, Galsariad. Strip. Yeah. Maggie is like, you see, you hear knuckles cracking. And Galsariad looks over at Maggie. And Maggie's just like shaking her head, like, just give me a reason. Just give me a reason. Hey, no. We're supposed to be civilized today. Galsariad. I am civilized. Yes. Here you go. And he pulls his shirt apart. And Io just gets this like disgusted look on her face. What? And the infection has grown. It's like deeper into the skin. It's like the crystals, the little that were like just tiny buds at first, of so the kind of sprouted into like sharp shards sticking out, mm. almost growing parallel to the skin. Well, this is exactly what I wanted to talk about. What is that? Io says. That? This is the effects of brutium, and the reason that I have been disloyal to all of you. Maggie's like, disloyal? You have been an asshole, and you have done nothing but cause cause us grief and anger. Dermot's kind of like, let him talk. I, I was given this pendant by the Vermilion Dream. It allowed me to easily cast spells. And they even gave me a sample that I could use in place of spell components for certain spells that that cost a great deal of money. A small smidgen of the stuff can be used to replace hundreds of gold pieces worth of components. And I was like, you're just a greedy son of a bitch, aren't you? I am, and I was. I need you to understand that I was doing this to save my life. I can feel this slowly zapping all of my strength. And nothing I have done can do anything to reverse it. I've tried the clerics that were sent to me. Dermot's like, let me look at it. And he comes over, and he looks at the crystal, and he says, is this the same crystal? that Orgoth had on his hands? I think so. He did say that he crushed it. Orgoth did steal my that pendant, that spell focus, Galsariad says. It, the fool may have saved my life by doing that. I know that if I rest and try to not do anything, it becomes easier to bear. And sleeping seems to, sleeping long, long hours seems to make the exhaustion go away. What do you need from us? Io says angrily. Well, I just needed to explain myself and apologize. I tried to do this on my own, and I should have reached out to you and asked for help. Irvin's, Irvin's being quiet. He's just kind of sitting. Like, he's not sitting next to you, mm-hmm. Lapis. He's actually in the corner, mm-hmm. 
and, and like he's take like watching he's kind of like looking at the door mm. station where he can see the whole scenario play out but also be looking at the door mm. the entrance well Orgoth did take it and he destroyed it he destroyed the pendants and but he just said he kind of threw it on the floor and it shattered into a bunch of pieces and uh don't really know if uh, the pieces were ever swept away and thrown out or if they're still out there. It takes a certain amount, from what I understand, it takes a certain amount of rudium to actually cause the corruption to start. Hmm. Well, like a, mount, a mountain appendant, a weapon. I know that weapons were being made out of this stuff. All of it magical. Would it be beneficial if we had a piece of rudium so we could study it? Perhaps. um, I know, according to my contacts at Vermilion Dream, the allegiance of all sight is bringing stuff, bringing it up by the crate load. They're finding weapons, they're finding artifacts, they're finding ore, raw ore of it. That can be made into weapons and items. And I found out one other thing. This is brand new to me. Someone who is attuned to a rudium item, they can swim underwater without needing to breathe. And they can survive great depths. They can survive the pressure. I was like, what does this have to do with us? And Gelsariad says, well, if I am to die because of this, I need to tell, I needed to tell you why all of this went down. I know that you'll never forgive me, but you need to know what's happening. And we should find a way to stop it. Yes. Because, you know, Gelsariad may be an asshole, but I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people who are using that, uh, rudium who aren't assholes. They don't know its effects. Apparently, when I first complained about it, Gelsariad says, when I first complained about it, they said that it was my own weakness that brought about my infection, that I could have resisted it, resisted it if I tried harder. And that's when I knew, that's when I knew that whatever's down there is much more than just evil enchanted objects. Somebody is trying to flood the city with these, this corruption. And that makes me think there's some, some evil creature that needs to be stopped. Something from, something from centuries ago. And we have to stop it. Maggie's like, I'm all for stopping something. I'm all for stopping evil. What I'm trying to decide is if you're one of them or not. And if you're lying just because you're in trouble and need help and don't know who to turn to. Gelsaria says, you're right. I don't know who to turn to. And Io's like, you should have said something back then. I would have helped you. Gelsaria had I know. And he kind of collapses a little bit onto the table. 
Lapis has just been kind of there. She just leans over and puts her hand on his back and just tries to see if she could absorb more of that necrotic energy that's coming out of him. Because I'm pretty sure there's a lot more now. Oh, yeah. So she's going to try and absorb all of it if she could. (laughs) Yeah, make an arcana check. Sorry, that's a 30. (laughs) I rolled a 19. Okay, okay. You're able to, with that, and as you're doing this, you feel the jewel of of the three prayers within you glowing hot almost burning like ugh. and like you're able to like draw off the necrotic energy the infection is still there but something about the jewel just sort of like was able to translate it into just necrotic energy it's not infected anymore and you kind of feel like this this wellspring of necrotic energy just kind of like rumbling within you. (laughs) Alright, so I'm going to do something weird. Don't think too hard about this. And I'm going to kind of grab Thalsariad and kind of position him in a way that the crystals are kind of against my stomach and have his... I I guess his head's going to be like a little bit on 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 my chest. Okay. Just see if like the see if I could absorb anything like that and see if like the crystal can kind of or the jewel can kind of reach out into him it's weird okay well I want to know if this hug's gonna work <laughs> okay this is gonna be weird I'd like you to make a religion check religion that is a uh, nat 20 are you serious oh my god <laughs> yeah I'm getting pretty lucky on these rolls the crystal you can feel the jewel's energy kind of welling up within you. As you're doing this, you feel like these two warm lights kind of reach out into Galsariad. And it's like tied to the jewel. Mm-hmm. And you get this image of Sehanin and Avandra, the Changebringer, kind of just like watching over you. And they they both have puzzled looks on their face. This is just like kind of like a vision. It's not like mm. this is actually happening. But like the crystal, are you close enough that the crystal is touching you? Yeah. Okay. The glow kind of comes out from your body and seems to protect you from the crystal. But you just look over at Galsoria and you just see like these tears of blood running down his face and he's just crying like just and you feel this deep and unending sadness and rage building up and it's coming from the jewel and the crystal the jewel seems to be blocking a lot of the emotion the rage and, and like sadness is coming from the crystal and Galsaria is like no no it collapses to the ground. Oh, sh- <laughs> oh. And the crystals kind of like recede. Oh. Into his skin. Oh. They're still there. 
But the glow, the two glowing lights that only you seem to have seen come back into your body and back into the jewel. And he's unconscious on the on the table. I was like, what happened? Did you kill him? I don't know. And you, you, and you come, um, Dermot comes over. He's still breathing. Um, the crystal has like, the, the red veins has like come down from his neck and that back down his chest. The in, infection is still there, but barely. It's just like almost like a red rash and like one or two little crystal dots. I think my hug saved him. <laughs> just so you know, currently there are no charges remaining in the jewel. Okay. Okay, that's fine. I barely use them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, that's... Uh... I think that's it for today, guys. What do we do with them? Uh, <laughs> Dermot says. Well, you can either keep him or toss him. Regardless, uh, we kind of got to do something about those rudium crystals. Yeah, we do. Urban says. We've got to stop it. If these are getting into the city. And this is what they're doing. To the body. Yeah. We've got to stop it. We need to figure out a way to warn people about it, too. Or at least people, like, the higher-ups know about it. I mean, what with what Galsariat said. Both sides. Uh, b- both, um, and this is Urban saying this, um, the allegiance of all side is collecting artifacts. They must, they must be doing research on what it can do. The Vermilion Dream, they worship, they worship the Red Moon, Rudius. They might be trying to get, thinking this is something that's giving, that's being like created by the moon. I, I just don't understand uh, what they want. Well, that's what we need to find out. Yeah. Baggy says, can I punch him now? Thoma says, no, he's gone through enough. Maggie picks Galsariad up, like just shirtless, and takes him upstairs and puts him into her bedroom and locks the door <laughs> from the outside and comes back down. How were you able to do that? And, and Dermis says, yeah, how were you able to do that? Well, I still have the jewel. You have the jewel. I forgot about that. Dermot says, "You, I, I didn't. You weren't. You weren't. You weren't wearing it, so I didn't think you had it." Well, I'm wearing like two layers of cloaks here. <laughs> that's that's true. You, you, <laughs> I mean, I am still wearing it, but uh, we kind of trade off from people to people who who has it, and thankfully, I've been having it. Your eyes were, um, Urban says, your eyes were just. Glowing gold. Are they normally gold? I mean, like light streaming from your eyes. Oh, okay. That one. That one's new. That one's new. I don't know why that happened. Uh, Irvin comes up. Just kind of leans in and says, "How are you feeling?" Feeling fine. 
you feel energized. You've got like all this like <laughs> necrotic energy ro- going going on. She's happy. Just I know I feel fine. Just gotta figure out how to find this stuff, how to let the public know. Because I doubt if we start handing out flyers that the higher ups will allow that sort of thing going around. If I had a way to talk to the leader of the city, maybe we can like stop them from collecting more and more of this stuff. Uh, Dermot says, have you seen this? This is, um, he pulls out a, a newspaper and hands it to you. The newspaper is the voice of the sands, the broadsheet of Ankarel. And on the front page is a picture of, of prolix like drawing quite quite a good drawing of prolix looks like his um going to be uh, he was arrested yeah he was arrested this morning and uh it looks like he would be going to trial soon and the trial would be taking place at the seat of judgment under the watchful eye of Jamon Saord. Oh, great. 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 The time that I can see him is when someone is on trial. I, I, I would rather not have an audience. I would just want to talk to them. From what I understand, um, Ayo says, it is very difficult to get an audience alone with uh, Jamon Saward. I'll figure out it's a way. Easier to get, <laughs> it's easier to get an audience with uh, his uh, Chamberlain. Jimashega is an elderly female human uh, who is Ankarel's grand maven, her acting chancellor, and usually like will rule in Jamon's stead or deal with affairs of state when Jamon isn't available. Well, I'll figure out. I'll figure something out. We just gotta get people knowing what this thing does and how to stop it. And if we could stop it at the source, that'd be even more perfect. Because we wouldn't have people digging them up. Uh, Irvin comes up to you and says, um, about our date, I think since Gals is here right now, I probably should stay and keep an eye and make sure he doesn't do anything stupid. I mean, that's fine. We probably weren't going to go out out until later, so. Okay. Um, he kind of takes you outside, <laughs> away from everybody, and walks you down the street a little bit. It's like, okay. Um, rain check? Yeah, rain check. Rain okay. check. Okay, and he leans in and kisses you. And she, uh, gives him a little wave and heads pro- probably back to, uh, probably starts to head back to the, uh, inn. Okay. The coup flame. Okay. It's dark. It's dark. Um, yeah, it took several hours, that whole meeting with everybody. I'd like you to make a perception check for me. Another perception? Yeah, as you're walking through the streets. 
I don't notice Jack shit. I I rolled a nat one. Are you serious? <laughs> it's all right. I'm making up for the nat twenties I got earlier. God, oh my god. Okay. Um. So you're, you're- my, my head. My head is filled with thoughts of uh, what happened, especially knowing like my hug cured him, mostly because of the, mostly because of the uh, the jewel. But still, you walk down um a side street. And normally, like you've been this way a couple of times, normally there are um, people, it's like um, the backs of biz- businesses. So it's not like an alleyway. There's usually people out here and about this time of day, but you're walking through this and there's no one here. And suddenly from behind you, this man rushes at you. Um, I'd like you to roll, actually roll it. This is a surprise round. Since you rolled okay. a natural one and that perception. Yeah. Um, I'll roll initiative after. Yes. Okay. Um, it's a human man uh, wearing dark clothes, and he's got a dagger, and you see something green and glistening on the blade of the dagger. Oh, shit. As he drives it into you. Uh, tries to, at least. Um, that is a 19 to hit. Plus, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is... Six points of piercing damage. Um, and I'd like you to make. And you're resistant to poison, correct? I am resistant to poison. Okay. Um, he plunges the dagger in. I'd like you to make a um, uh, constitution saving throw. Not 20. <laughs> what is it? You. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a 23. Okay. You kind of. <sighs> poison just like it burns for a second but then you just look down and you see like the green is dripping out of you like it has no effect you take no poison damage like it's just you got like like in your side and he pulls Mm. the dagger out out on your own I see kind of look over at him raise a brow and just goes I hope you are roll initiative That is a 12. He got a 4. Okay, Yay. let me okay, 12. So, you go first. Alright. And so, once I say uh, once I say, are you alone? I hope you are. And I reach out because he's close by to me because he had a Yeah, staff yeah he's like right next to you, five, five feet away. I'm going to boop him on the nose. Mm-hmm. And cast Vampiric Touch. Okay. So that is... A 27 to hit. Nice. And that is a 3d6. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a bad roll. That's a bad, bad, bad roll. Oh, no. That was... Uh, for Out of 3d6, that was a 7. Oh, God. That's like... Ugh. Yeah, it was 1, 1, 5. Yeah. That sucks. Um, he just kind of like grits his teeth as like. But I regain half of that, so I regain a three. He kind of looks at you like he's like menacing, and suddenly he realizes the poison. Like he got a good blow on you from the surprise attack, and he's like, "What the fuck? What? You should be dead now." <laughs> 
Oh, I'm sorry to burst your bubble. And he goes in with another dagger attack. Missing with a nine and a 13 for the second one. Mm, oh, misses. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. My AC is 14. Yay. Slash, slash. Um, he's like, you and your friends have meddled for the last time. What friends? <laughs> um, your turn. And then I am, with that, I'm going to, uh, ooh, I'm going to lean over and I'm going to lean over and kind of just like with two hands press or with two fingers, press them on my lips, Mm -hmm. kind of like blowing a kiss. Yes. And as I do that, like black smoke comes out from my mouth and I'm going to cast blight on him. Okay. And he needs to do a con save. As little in within like the mist of darkness, there's little tiny lights gathering like starlights. Mm-hmm. A 14 and, on that save. And he fucking bits it. Nice. <laughs> Con save was 16. Now my problem is looking for all of my, <laughs> D- <laughs> my D8s in here. 32 necrotic damage. Oh shit. Like, you just see, like, the life kind of, like, draining out of him as his skin gets tight and his muscles is drained out of him. And he just kind of goes, leans down. He's still up. But he's almost dead. He's almost dead, yeah. Okay. I just get closer to him as I do. (laughs) He looks up. A little bit of fear in his eyes. No. Ugh. He's going to take a withdrawal action, and as he's starting to run away... Uh, down back down the alleyway, he says, Tell your friend Aronvis that sh- they will meet a fiery end in the morning as he's running down the alleyway. Is there a so chance only- that I can catch up with him? He's only 30 feet because he had to do the withdrawal action. So, As yes. he runs, I'm right behind him. Mm-hmm. And I am going to attempt to grab at his neck. Okay. Like from reach around and grab at his neck. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to lean right into his ear. And I'm going to say, Oh, please scream loud for this. I really want to remember this. As I cast a uh, chill touch. Okay. <laughs> as the skeletal hand wraps around his. Uh, it's, a, it's a skeletal hand, right? That you it, cast? Mm-hmm. It's a skeletal hand with a chain around its uh, wrist. Okay, and he just kind of comes up and starts choking him. This is the attack roll for you, right? Mm-hmm. I rolled a 19 on the die, plus my okay. 8. Nice. Pretty sure that hits. Oh, yeah. And then I am going to do 2d8s worth of damage. That is a total of 10. You had 6 remaining. <laughs> and suddenly, the, the, the skeletal hand kind of chokes down. I'm assuming this is lethal damage, right? Oh, yeah. And you hear a crack as the his life energy is just sapped from him. He falls to the ground. His neck is skewed. I watch him fall. And as he's on the ground, I'm gonna just 
Uh, I'm going to squat down, just kind of hands on my chin, just staring at him, then looking over at, uh, I'm going to look over at uh, Ashes and go, should I bring him back up? You might have information about who the hell this guy is. I don't know who uh, the hell Avondis is. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think if she's if North has actually said that around you or not. I don't think he. I don't think he has. No, they they've only ever like. I think the only person who ever said it was um. Uh, uh, it was when North was at the Cobalt Soul, which I wasn't with. Um, yeah. I know what's his name said it. Um, yeah. What's his name? Stepdad guy? Yeah, um, 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 Mitchell. Yeah. I only remember Mitchell saying it, but never questioned, like, never found out who that was. Yeah. The name of Ronvis is a little bit familiar to you, but. Yeah, so she's just going to go, well, don't know who that is, but they apparently want to associate with me, and whoever the fuck is trying to associate with me isn't a good person. <laughs> So um, I'm gonna probably Ashley just kind of comes over, looks up at you, looks at the body, looks up to you again. You know, let, let's let's just take him. He might be useful, especially if I bring back his uh his his spirit. And I'm going to cast uh uh summon undead. Okay. Bring him back to life. Like animate, to animate dead. Sorry. <laughs> animate dead. Got it. Animate dead. Okay. The spell goes off, and his body just kind of like he lifts his torso off the ground, his neck kind of head lolling to the side from the from the break. And he's just sitting there, looking up at you. Come on, let's go home. And I'm going to have him follow me back. He stands up. He's completely quiet. He's normally, normally a lot of these undead that you raise, they are very subservient vocally, mm-hmm. but he's being very quiet. That's fine. I don't want him to talk anyway. Okay. Where do you go? I head back over to the, um, actually, I also get all my HP up because of my my undead ability. Nice. Yeah. If I, uh, if I kill a creature with a spell belonging to the school of necromancy, I can get uh, some HP back. Nice. Very nice. So where do you go? I'm going to go back to uh, the cool flame. Okay. No one's around except for the usual um, people. You see, um, uh, what's her name? Sky. And she's like, got the pair, uh, got uh, Ember mm-hmm. on her shoulder and she's walking around and, and Ember looks very, very, very happy. And like, it's just his, the colors of Ember's feathers are just like glowing and like rippling rainbow colors all down its body. And it's like, hey, Lapis, how's it going? Sky says. Oh, hey. Hey, you got that bird. Uh, Ember really likes me. I think I'm, tra- I'm training him some new, new phrases and I'm training, I'm training him to say the, men- the, the drink menu so I don't have to do it. Ooh, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. And the bird goes, um, bird. Bird, buy one, get one. <laughs> buy one, get one half off. Ah, oh, you're doing pretty well for that. You oh. just got him, too. Yeah. He's just, he really listens to me. And uh, as for each trick, 
the bird does. Sky reaches into her pocket and like pulls out some some seed, some food for the bird, and hands it. And the bird just kind of like eats it out of her hand. I can see why he's like soliciting you. <laughs> well, it's pretty simple. I mean, you just mm-hmm. you know you make a connection, and they're very food oriented, food motivated. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm well. And as I'm talking, I'm kind of shooing the guy up the stairs and into uh her room got so, it so he's just gonna silently head up to her room okay to wait for her she notices but doesn't really say anything she's kind of like bored she's distracted by the bird on her shoulder and she goes okay um do you need anything before um i'm about to close down for the close down the, the tap room for the night uh, oh, no, I no. I don't need anything to drink or anything. Okay. Just, uh, maybe make sure that North doesn't get close to that bird. Pretty sure that them and North have a, uh, have a relationship. North! Asshole! The bird says. Yeah, he is. They really like, are. Like, the uh, sky's like, I thought we weren't saying those words anymore. And he's like, bird! And looks looks kind of contrite, and Sky gives Ember some more food. <laughs> well, I guess I would leave you to your bird. Well, thank you. You have a nice night, uh, Lapis. You too, Sky. She's gonna head right up and upstairs, and she's gonna settle in for the night, get a little bit of rest in, and uh, start reading her book. Okay. You notice that, um, what do you do with the dagger? That he, he still, um, that he was wielding. He probably would have dropped it when he died. Ah, oh, I completely forgot he added the dagger. Yeah. Well, no, he put it away, so it's still on him, because he withdrew. Because he, he withdrew, so he probably, yeah, yeah. So he withdrew and probably put it in its um, pocket mm-hmm. uh, and left. So it's, he's, he's got it on him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to uh, head over to him, uh, head up the stairs into my room, and probably just find him standing there. Yeah, he's at the door, waiting. I uh, unlock my door and I have him get on in there and I just have him sit down in the corner Mm -hmm. until I figure out what to do with him. I'll probably leave him there for now. Yeah. Okay. But I'm going to, he was dressed in black. I couldn't get a good look at him besides him being human. So I am going to see if I notice him at all or if I've ever seen him. Got it. Uh, He had a kind of a black face mask that covered like his mouth, but his nose, um, large nose is kind of like poked over the front of it. Um, and he, um, has a, had a hood up. Um, you kind of look at his face though, and you do not recognize him from anywhere. Hmm. So who the hell, who in the seven hells, Wants to hurt me. What the hell is Avondras? Ron Ron Vis. Ron Vis. Ron Vis. Yes. All right. So who the hell is Ron Vis? What in the seven hells does this guy want me dead? Huh. And debating, and she's just saying this out loud over to not out loud, but she's just saying this over to um to Ashes, mm-hmm. kind of Ashes, kind of acting as a a second pair of ears for her. And just goes, should I bring him back now and speak with him or wait for the others? 
Hmm. Ashes jumps up onto the bed and curls up, and his head is just kind of poking up. You know, has like made the circle with his body, but his head's still sticking up. Yeah. You know what? I may as well just speak with him. And I'm going to cast Speak with Dead. Okay. Um, you have five questions. Who sent you to kill me? He kind of looks at you with malice, like, in its eyes. Like, it, you drug its soul out from, it's like angry at you. And he says, just like the, the air burbling through the break in his neck, um, says, my boss. What's the name of your boss? Answers are usually brief, cryptic, or repetitive. Corpse is under no compulsion to offer a truthful answer if you're hostile to it or recognizes you as an enemy. So it's going to say, I just call her boss. Oh, is someone angry? Too bad. You know, I could make you suffer a thousand times worse. Not answering my questions truthfully. Because guess what? I brought you back from the dead. And you're not going to go back unless I let you. Now, do you want to have yourself a nice, peaceful death? Or do you want to keep working for me? Peaceful death. That's the third question. (laughs) So he just wants death. Where does your boss reside? Sigil District. Last question. Give me an address. And he does so. And she writes it down. It appear the address appears to be in the um, Sigil District, and it appears to be in an area where a lot of the professors reside. Professors and students reside. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you gave me all of the answers that I needed. Now, don't you want yourself a nice, peaceful rest? Just staring at you with hateful eyes right now. Oh, come now. It's not that bad. But, you know, you did try and poison me with a dagger. You did try to kill me. So guess what? I guess I will go back on my word, and you won't have a nice, peaceful death. And you can't have a way... You can't have a way out of it. Enjoy living here for now. And she's gonna put her hand on his head and just get, like, his hair a little ruffle. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, he'll grow to love serving me. Ashes kind of, like, yips at you. That's right, baby. Come on, you can go ahead and rest now. And Ashes lays his head down, just stops moving. And she's going to sit beside Ashes and take out a book and just start reading. (laughs) Waiting for the next day. The next day happens. It's morning. You hear... I don't even know if they went to the cool... I think they came back to the cool flame. Yeah. Like, they came home, but they left really early. How early do you get up? 
Well, I've only I only need to like rest for four hours, so I would probably right, exactly. be up. But I don't know when they would have left. They would have left pretty pretty early, probably around seven seven thirty. So you come down. Let's see who's up. Spike's up, and the cook, uh, Mama Rotelia, is actually like she's in the. Um, Older, older lady, and she's in the um, um, tap room, and she's actually like cutting up potatoes and vegetables, getting ready for breakfast and stuff. Um, she's cutting up onions, uh, <laughs> crying, yeah, cut, cutting up onions, potatoes, everything. Um, Spike's like, morning, morning. Uh, you didn't leave with the others? Oh, they left. Uh, yeah, they uh, went and took a carriage. I think. Um, he has like the morning newspaper and he put, he has it like on the uh, counter, um, next to Mama, who's been, was reading it earlier, uh, the broadsheet, uh, which is the voice of the sands. And the, um, he's kind of like just, uh, yeah, they left, they left early, got a carriage. I think they're heading, um, I, I saw it head north out of here toward, looked like they were going toward the palace. Oh, wait, they're heading to the palace? Yeah, I, I think so. They did, I'm trying to think if they discussed anything in the tap room that he would have overheard. I don't think so. Um, yeah, uh, he, they, they got on the, I saw the carriage get on the main street and head uh, toward the palace. At least they, that's the direction they went. Well, okay then. Uh, well, I have business there as well, so I might as well follow them. Um, you look down and the newspaper, Prolix's trial, like there is an article on the front page, Prolix's trial uh, will begin today, this morning. Uh, it looks as if the reporter mentions a, it, it appears as if Orgoth champion of, uh, champion of merit and champion of the bowl is assisting an Aronvis Dorinshire with the investigation into Prolux's innocence. Was um, uh, Aronvis a, um, a ladron was seen asking many students about many students asking many students about uh, sojourns into the, uh, the sunken city below. Uh, and trying to prove Prolix's innocence. We do not know if they are going to be representing them at trial today, but it is assumed that they will be there in attendance, which will make this trial to be one of note, as if a esteemed professor of the university could be sent away for a very, very long time. Interesting. And there's that name again. Wait a minute. Is that fucking North? <laughs> she kind of, when when she when she sees that she just kind of throws the newspaper on the fucking uh table and just goes, oh, "No wonder motherfucker tried to kill me." <sighs> so much for someone who's trying to stick to the shadows, I guess. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Okay. What are you going to do? Gonna 
head on over to the fucking trial, see if I can get an audience with Jamon. Okay, as you're making your way toward the palace, you're going up one of the main streets, and people are going about their business. And then about three blocks to the north, there's suddenly... Karoom! As a fireball erupts from behind a building. And that's where we're going to stop for today. I say, Lapis sees that. Uh huh. Just stares at it for a second and just goes, It's probably nothing. And then just <laughs> casually walks to the, uh, over towards the, where the, uh, <laughs> where the trial's ha- happening. <laughs> <laughs> love it oh that was fun yeah <laughs> got a little bit of a lore drop and a little bit of behind the scenes what's happening with with the rivals mm-hmm. uh galsariad is you may have saved galsariad's life so that means he owes me <laughs> he does owe you <laughs> Oh, is there anything you want to talk about before we wrap it up? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I, I'll eventually use up, because I have a lot of gold now. I'll have a lot of money, and I want to spend it on something that actually uh, will be good for me. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, this is a b- big city. There are lots and lots of shops to buy things at, so just a matter of finding where to go. Yeah, I'll need to figure it out. So let's uh, do a wrap up. Okay, I'm used to. Uh, <laughs> I know everybody's going, going first. I know it's you. Yeah, it's all me. Hey guys, uh, this is Shaden playing Lapis. Your your uh, is she good? Is she bad? No, <laughs> she's just herself. <laughs> she is just herself, and she loves it. <laughs> And uh, you can find me on Twitter at FoxshotFallout. Please do not uh, follow unless you are 18 plus. I do uh, draw lewds, but also I, I also draw non-lewds. I draw uh, D&D. I talk D&D, but I also talk a lot about Final Fantasy fourteen and uh, various other aspects in my, in my life. Uh, You're just you. Yeah, I am just me. You can find uh, me also on our Discord where... A lot of fabulous people tend to drop by. You get a lot of creatives there. I'm sure you can get along with someone. You could also hit us up on, uh, you could also find us on Patreon. And this wasn't going to be a Patreon exclusive, but there is something going on in there. If you want to figure out what the fuck Wilvin. Uh, yeah, Wilvin. I love getting prose. I need to write some more prose. I love doing prose stuff, but, but uh, Ross is writing a prose for Wilvin's time away from the uh, favored few. So you'll find out what's happening with him in the Patreon. Yeah, it it, it, was, it it went several weeks too long for us to kind of just do a TRDL uh, yeah. sort of episode with him. So he's going to do that. And if you want to know what happened, you can uh, give, give, us a, give us like a little bit on Patreon. Doesn't have to be much. Just whatever you're willing to part with. It's fine. Yeah. And uh, and my name is Ron Murphy, uh, DM for uh, Severed Sons and for Rolling in Another Deep. You can find me at Ron 88 Keys, RBDM, um, or please join us on uh, Severed, uh, 
<laughs> join Severed Sons. I can't, I'm not, I'm not reading. I can't just like spit it out. Join us on Twitter at Severed Sons DND. Uh, follow us on Twitch. We stream Rolling Another Deep on Wednesday afternoons at 4 30 Eastern, 1 30 Pacific. And please join us at uh, twitch.tv backslash Severed Sons DND. Um, everyone have a wonderful, wonderful day. Stay frosty and keep on rolling. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye. Hey, y'all. If the last two years have taught me anything, other than the fact that I'm never actually going to make sourdough bread at home, it's that human beings thrive in communities of like-minded people. We may not be able to see the people we care about every day, but the internet has ways to bridge the gap. That's why I'm inviting you to join the Severed Sons Discord, where members of our awesome community talk about whatever's on their minds. Anime, video games, art, theater, D&D, of course... And very serious channels, like Zach's Saggy Curtain and Josh's Squeaky Chair. I'm tearing up already. The Severed Sons Discord is a way for all of us to connect in a time when Zoom calls are tough to schedule, but apps are easy to open. You can find a link to our Discord in the link tree in our Twitter bio. We hope to see you in the server. Until then, stay frosty. Stay frosty.